Hello and welcome to the Earthly Roots podcast where we chat all things gardening, homesteading and connecting to nature. We're your hosts Diane and Robin. The Earthly Roots podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hope you've got yourselves a cup of tea and you're ready for Mm -hmm. another episode of the Earthly Roots podcast. It's going to be a great one today. I'm joined with my co-host, Robin. Hello. Nice to be back again. Yes. It's so good to chat to you guys on this lovely autumn morning. It's a nice, Mm. cool one. The sun's hiding behind some clouds and I think it's just going to be a great conversation today, which we're going to be talking all about the equipment and the things that you have to have as a gardener and a homesteader. And this isn't us trying to sell you things or tell you what you should or shouldn't have, but they're just our go-to things that we haven't been able to do without. Um, If you're not sure, right now I'm downsizing for bus life and the prospect of having to sell off some of these things um, has been really daunting because I know we're going to need them in the future. So it's been a bit of a back and forth trying to figure out what is worth keeping, Mm -hmm. what we just need to get rid of and what we will definitely be buying again once we're back. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm kind of doing the opposite by accumulating things <laughs> to build a flower farm. So yeah. I've definitely accumulated a few tools and gardening um, supplies, I suppose. So I'm kind of going to bring more of like the, the gardening side to this that. conversation and your a lot of the homesteading side and also what you've learned from your property here as well because you did raise animals you had a garden you've pretty much done the typical homesteading thing yeah (laughs) so I think we've had a few years of just trial and error Mm -hmm. of different equipment and supplies that we feel like may be useful and again yeah that we don't want to talk about consumerism too much but we do think there are a few Um, good quality tools and supplies that may help you on your homesteading and gardening journey that we'll chat through today. Yeah, if anything, it's the opposite of consumerism because Mm. instead of going and buying all this useless stuff that a lot of people might suggest or whether you're not sure of if you're going to need something or not, this is going to be like that comprehensive list of like these things we actually Mm. used, we actually love and to do without them would make life so much harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's get like right into it. it. We both have a few lists. Yes, we do. So I guess we we will kind of like jump between them and chat through things if we need to. Um, But let's start with the garden because Mm. that's one thing that we have in common no matter where our goals take us. The garden is at the heart of what we do. So some of the basic tools that you need for your veggie garden or your flower garden. Well, the first one on the top of my list is good working boots and that are actually comfortable and practical for me I'm going inside and out of the house like all day we don't really have like a mud room or somewhere where you know I can kind of take clothes off and boots off so I'm just literally slipping them on and off as I'm going in and outside Uh, so I like boots that you can really easily take on and off Mm -hmm. so the boots that I have are I got gifted some Merry People boots from um, Scott's mum for my birthday the other year. Oh, I love those. And they are, yeah, they're not only really pretty, so they actually make me want to wear them. And I wear them outside of the garden as well. Um, But they're really comfortable. They're really well insulated and they're really easy to just slip on and off. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the boots that I personally really like. They're a little bit more pricey, but this is something that I don't mind spending a little bit more money I've got those as well as your typical Bunnings gumboots mm-hmm. that I wear more on like when I'm doing bush regeneration work where I need them to come up to my knees because I have a little bit of a phobia of leeches and I'm not I'm not about leeches. And the so. first time you come to our property, we oh, walk through our bush block no. and you get leeches all over you. That was <laughs> a little bit scarring. Yeah. But sometimes I'll even tip for you all. Uh, that one of the people I work with, Alison, told me um, that's great for leeches is actually to spray your gum boots or your boots with WD-40. 
Oh. And they don't like climbing up. Yeah. Interesting. It was game changing for me. And anyone who kind of knows when, you know, who works with me knows that I really don't like leeches. So as soon as I found that out, I carry a bottle of WD-40, which I do anyway for all of the tools. That's another thing that I'd recommend, mm. WD-40. And spray my boots, like a just a ring of the, a ring around your boots. Wow. And the leeches don't like climbing up them. I need to use that. Last year, especially around our property with all the rains, Mm. the leeches were out of control. Did I ever tell you, I mean, this is way off track, but did I ever tell you the story um, of when I got leeches on me and I went to school? No. Oh my God. Mm. I'm sorry, but I have to share. (laughs) So that year when we had like all of the flooding and like the rains were out of control, like rains every single day through summer. Um, I went for a bushwalk with the dogs before school, as I do. And, uh, you know, unknown to me, I went to school. And while I was hanging things up on the walls in my classroom, a leech was on the ground. And I was like, oh, that's so odd. Like, and it was massive. And I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so odd. Maybe one of the kids carried in a leech. Like, yeah. that's so strange. <laughs> I don't remember any kids being in here, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I picked it up and I threw it out. And then I was like, hold on. Like, are they on me? And then, like, I looked down at my ankle and there was two other leeches on there. Mm -mm. And just, yeah, like, my leg was covered (laughs) at school and I was just bleeding everywhere all over the carpet. (laughs) Like, it was the worst. And I haven't seen any this year. That's good. I've seen a few, like, where I've been working around creeks. But I think coming into winter, they seem to calm down a little bit. But, oh, my goodness, they have been so fat this year and big. And, like, the really big ones with the orange stripes. Yes. We'll stop talking about leeches. But but WD-40, get it. Yeah, get that and some good old DEET, even though it's not good for your skin and whatever. But that's just something, like, I cannot deal with ticks, leeches, mosquitoes. I've been in places with, you know, the really horrible mosquito viruses and it's something just like yeah. I know people who have had dengue fever, Balma, Ross River. Yeah. I don't want to take any it. chances. Yeah. So I always do really protect myself from that and any viruses that you might get from ticks around. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, getting uh, off to a great no, start. No, that's all right. No, it's good. I love it. Um, yeah. So gumboots are definitely on our list as well uh i have gumboots that are just from the op shop and they're not Mm -hmm. that comfortable but the fact that they can easily be slipped on as you said is so convenient when you're just coming in and out of the house uh sam also has work boots that are like the cat brand but they have the zip on the side Mm -hmm. so instead of having to undo the laces to put them on it's just really nice and quick and easy for him as well Mm -hmm. yeah another like go-to gardening tool um i know that there are so many different types of tools for cultivating your gardens and for working them but I think the go-to like the three most useful things that I've used to establish our gardens but then also maintain them is a pitchfork a Mm -hmm. hoe and a shovel yeah like your pitchfork is going to be your best friend for aerating the soil it's also going to help you to move compost around and wood chips around Um, I just love our pitchfork I think that's been my favorite tool like even raking up like leaves and things and just moving things around like there's so many ways that you can use a pitchfork that it's no wonder that so many paintings and photos of farmers have like a pitchfork in their hands yeah so is that just like the three-pronged one yeah 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 like a giant fork yeah i mean a fork is the most useful cutlery tool when you're eating true in my opinion um so might as well use it in the garden yeah (laughs) Yeah, I definitely have uh, quite a few forks and ones that I have definitely bent as well. So mm. definitely recommend like investing Mine's in. out of control. I know. Have you seen mine? People comment no. on my, on my <laughs> really? pitchfork being like, girl, you need a new one. Yikes. And I'm like, ah, it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something that I did want to invest and in, I actually researched like the, the company that I got this from uh, because I wanted to let you know is a broad fork. Mm. But a really good quality one. So you were so I, excited when you got yours. I remember so the day. <laughs> yeah, I really searched really wide to find a really good quality Australian-made broad fork. Mm. So this is, if you don't know what a broad fork is, it's basically it's like a massive um, pitchfork kind of thing. But you actually uh, stand on it, mm. and then so you stand on it to work it into the ground, and then you kind of like lean back with it while you're standing it standing on it and it lifts up the soil a little bit 
So it's used a lot in market gardens um, and in a lot of like no dig, no till kind of markets, market farms, um, because you're not really turning the soil over. All mm-hmm. you're doing is trying to aerate the soil. Loosen it. Yeah. And I found like I only have to do this maybe once or twice in a bed. And then I don't have to do it really any more times after that because it really does break up the soil. And particularly for us, we have really clay soil. So I needed something like this because it was just like rock hard, the soil, and you couldn't actually have plants um, send their roots out properly. And that's because your um, Oma had a dairy cow, did she? Or? No, no, it's just, it. well, like it's just been walked on a lot, yeah. like the property. And the grass. Too. And the grass, yeah. It's just really tampered the whole soil down. There was a veggie patch there um, previously, but with people just walking all over it, you'd be surprised at how compact the soil can get. Yeah. Um, particularly if you're not having trees or grasses, like um, grasses with a bit more established root systems than your lawn grass mm-hmm. or anything that can break up the soil. Mm-hmm. It's just over time going to, yeah, get really compact. So I ended up going with a broad fork from FD Ryan Traditional Australian Made Garden Tools. Mm-hmm. It's a company and... Um, I love it. Like it's really, really amazing. So I got the one with seven tines, which is seven like um, prongs on it. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much 80 centimeters or so, um, which is kind of like the size of my garden beds. Mm-hmm. So I just have to work that up and down the rows rather than having to do it multiple times on the row. I wanted one that was about the same size as the garden beds. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. I would definitely recommend this company and it's not sponsored or anything, but definitely wouldn't mind. Um, but yeah, it's made with really good ingredients. Um, ingredients? ingredients. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about fork, so. <laughs> We're still not awake here. It's made with really good materials. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to search up exactly what it is. It just says heavy duty steel. So I'm assuming that's what it's all made of. Yeah, and steel um, lasts. Mm. And it hasn't rusted as well. That was what I was a bit uh, wary about because we're so close to the coast. Mm. Um, So we get kind of that sea spray occasionally. Um, But yeah, it's really, really good quality. So I definitely definitely recommend if you're interested, even if you do have just a garden. Yeah, well, I've seen Justin Rhodes using it. Um, I mean, he claims that it's the best exercise that he can ever get because he just jumps on it and he works his garden. And like you said, it's really good for big gardens and getting it done nice and quick. All right, next um, one. What's on your list? Yeah, one thing that I guess is quite a simple thing and yet is underrated is wheelbarrows and buckets. I mean, we've gone through so many buckets. Like, we always need them, especially mm-hmm. raising animals, having gardens. Um, you'd be surprised by the amount of times you need a bucket for something, whether you need to pick up rubbish that's blown off the porch, whether you're carrying wood chips or compost around, um, collecting animal droppings from chicken coops and carrying it over to the compost pile or the garden Mm. um during like chicken butcherings as well it's super handy to have them all the things it's just a bucket is necessary Mm. and i think one of the first investments we made was getting like four or five of those 20 liter white Mm -hmm. buckets um food grade from our local hardware store and yeah that's just been a game changer and the wheelbarrow yeah. similarly you can just load it up with so many things and the wheel just helps you to carry it mm. across surfaces easier like we, we're on a lot of slopes yeah and so having that wheel is just really manageable yeah yeah we're on a little bit more of a flat ground rather than like it's not really rocky or anything so I find a cart is easier oh, yes. for us to kind of just pull along um, it's just like a, it's a plastic cart with kind of, I think it's plastic wheels as well. Is it called like a gorilla um, cart or something? Yeah, but it's not like the four wheel drive branded. cart. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've tried the wheelbarrow around and I just find it's not as easy as just pulling a cart around. And I'm pretty sure we got this secondhand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, picked it up secondhand. Yeah. And no, it's worked amazing and it's great because the, um, the tires don't 
puncture. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about changing the um, tire on the wheelbarrow okay. as well. So yeah. yeah, that's been really great for us. We definitely have had a few punctured wheels. Hey, yeah. now that you say that, and that's been yeah. difficult. It's like trying to trudge it along. I yeah. can do it. <laughs> but you kind of need something like that for like here to have yeah. a little bit more um I don't know four-wheel driveness of yeah. a wheelbarrow well no I feel like a cart yeah. would work really well we just mm. haven't had any second hand around us and we yeah. haven't wanted to invest that money into it but I've yeah. definitely seen the usefulness of it yeah definitely 100% did you want to go with mm. one of yours next sure um so an- another one I definitely think is an essential and probably something that I would recommend starting at the start and that's a compost bin or a worm farm mm-hmm. And starting really simple if you've never had a compost bin or worm farm before with, and these you can just find on Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Don't go buy something new at the start. Have a look on there. You can find them for like $20 or so mm-hmm. um, and just try it out. We've done a whole episode on composting. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to that if you're new to gardening and composting. And we talked um, all about like the different types of compost systems mm-hmm. you can have, whether you have a large space, a small space in an apartment, yeah. in a rural property. So there's definitely so many options and it doesn't, it's not stinky. So don't no. get overwhelmed by that. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can yeah, exactly. suit your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, because I think you just want to build up your own source of uh, nutrients for the garden and uh, fertilizer. So building a compost bin, whether it's like a bay that you put together with pallets or I really, really like all of the tumbleweed products, the worm farms and their bins that are basically like a big... um, I don't know how to describe it. They're just like an open base bin. It's like an upside down bin. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And it's got a lid, so you just lift the lid up and pop all your food scraps and um, cardboard and whatever in there to break down. And I'd recommend just doing this even before you start your garden or um, even if you don't want to get something like this, you can just start burying like food scraps in the ground, like whatever works for you. But... I definitely recommend something where you can source your own nutrients because it, it does take time to build that up. Mm-hmm. And once you have that, it's it's wonderful for the garden and you're saving money on fertilizers and bringing things in. Yeah, and yeah. if you've ever looked at people's gardens and been like, oh my gosh, how does their garden look so incredible compared to mine? It's most likely because for the last seven years, they've just mm-hmm. accumulated compost, accumulated f- food scraps and put it all straight back onto the garden. Yeah. And then seven years in, of course it's going to look incredible Mm -hmm. so if you're still feeling disheartened looking at your garden wondering why things aren't balanced why things aren't working keep at it get a compost system and it'll get there Mm -hmm. definitely yeah so as I mentioned before I raise a lot of animals on our homestead or I have in the past and I'm now Mm -hmm. having to get rid of them and find them new homes but one thing that has been incredible for looking after animals and um, being able to manage them around the homestead is uh, the I think I think it's Thunderbird electric netting is what we have locally to us. So it's just that orange square mm-hmm. netting and it's poultry netting um, as well as a Gallagher Energizer. Um, mm-hmm. Currently we have the S100 Energizer, but we've also had the S40, which is um, the one step down and both work really well. So it stays energized. Sorry, is that solar as well? Yeah, okay, so cool. it's a solar energizer mm-hmm. Um the netting is just a plastic material but it's super sturdy Mm. it's really easy to poke like the poles into the ground and um you know there's been so many moments where we've grazed our animals over different areas and having that netting has Mm. been game changing it is a little bit tough to use on slopes um Mm. and in our bush block we have a lot of like sticks and things that can sometimes get caught in the netting um So I would recommend the netting more so for flat ground Mm -hmm. or if you're not moving it through the forested areas. If you do have forests or slopes like we do in a lot of areas, then Gallagher also has like this wire... yeah, it's got like wire fencing that okay. you. It, it's a lot more portable and you can put it between poles. Um, I think it is a little dearer than the Thunderbird mm. netting. But either way, whatever you choose works really well for grazing your animals, rotationally grazing mm. your animals, for, you know, locking up a garden bed so that chickens don't get into there. 
Um, it's been really good for the dogs. So we've mm. had a few issues with our dogs lately chasing bikes up and down the road. So just putting that netting or that electric fencing around our property just reinforces it and keeps them inside. Mm. Um, and, you know, it gives them a little shock if they do try to overcome it. And that teaches them pretty quick to stay back. Yeah. And is it pretty affordable, the netting? I mean, it's definitely an investment, Yeah. Uh, but it's an investment worth making because you'll use it again and again in so many different circumstances. So I think the netting was $300 for mm-hmm. 15 meters. Pretty good. Um, the Energizer was about 300, 400 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the S100 was a bit dearer, but we um, worked with Gallagher, so they gave us a discount, which was really lovely. Mm. Um, and then the reel, so the electric reel was, I think, $200 or so, but that's yep. like 500 meters or something mm, crazy. Okay. So if you've got huge spaces, it's... Yeah, it's just an investment worth making. And if you've got animals and you want to be responsible for the land and move them around so that they're not destroying one area too quickly, it's Mm. just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and you can actually see it well if it's dark or, yeah, yeah, it's a very bright colour. Yeah. Yeah. And super easy to use, like just quick to set up, quick to turn on, quick to turn Mm. off if you need to. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just go to. Definitely something we'll be putting um, into storage while we move Mm -hmm. away. Yeah, cool. Cool. Well, another one I had on my list, this seems a little bit obvious to start a garden, but I have seeds on here. We love obvious. Yeah. um, But just finding like a company that aligns with your values to buy your seeds from. And I'd recommend obviously just kind of trialing different companies, seeing what you like. But I get a lot of questions about where I buy my seeds from. Mm -hmm. And it's a decision that I've made because I've done research on what companies I like and what kinds of seeds I want to be planting. But definitely I'd recommend just doing a bit of research because Mm -hmm. there are Australian companies um, like Eden Seeds. I love Eden Seeds. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) And Green Patch as well up in um, Queensland that do organic uh, heirloom varieties Mm -hmm. of seeds if you're interested in that. Um, Heirloom is basically varieties of plants that it's always difficult to explain, but that they're old varieties, often open pollinated. So when you save the seeds of that, they'll be true to whatever the fruit or um, plant is. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been like genetically modified or anything like that. Or if they have, which genetically modified can just mean cross pollinating two flowers yeah. together. Yeah. It doesn't mean having to do it in the lab. Yeah. Although a lot of the times that is how it's done. Yeah. But then the heirloom comes in once that's been grown again and again and again. Yeah. And you you get the same variety, which is really important for market gardening. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's great to, well, it's just interesting as well. Like you get different varieties. Mm. So it's not the stock standard varieties that you'll find in Coles and Woolies, Mm -hmm. which, um, so there's different types of seed. You can also get F1 varieties, which are in that kind of development stage of um, the genetics to make them into a stable plant that will regularly be the same thing. Um, But yeah, I really personally love heirloom varieties, so I kind of stick to those companies. Um, I know the seed collection also does have some heirloom varieties. If you're looking for a budget company to just start your seed collection, I've definitely bought from them before. Mm. Um, what What's another? Where else do you buy your seeds Those from? are mainly Those my places. Like I mm-hmm. love... Um, Eden seeds I've always bought my seeds from them even down in the suburbs Mm -hmm. and the best thing about them we so them as well as we've got a local uh seed savers Mm. so people in the area here they collect seeds they may have grown them from Eden seeds and then Mm -hmm. save the seeds from their own plants and the benefit of buying your seeds as local to you as you can is that a lot of those plants grow really well in the conditions of the area mm. and acclimatized to the soils and the you know the environment. So yeah. if you can find a local company like I know around you, you've got Whitbird Environmental. Yeah, yeah I was just about to, to mention Jeff at Whitbird Environmental, who we talk about a lot, but that's just because we do work with him. Yeah. Uh, but he's actually starting a seed farm, which not a lot of people are doing where he's growing all different native plants and veggies for the south coast of New South Wales Mm. to then be able to save seeds from that, to then sell to the public so that they're a little bit more tailored to this area. So for people living in Sydney, 
they're going to grow really, really well versus something that may have been more established in like Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you try and grow it, you know, up in Brisbane or somewhere like that. And it's just different conditions. Granted, like a lot of these seed companies will have like trials everywhere. So they do trial at first, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that compares to having seeds that are established in your area yeah. that you're growing. Yeah. And, the, and the best way you can figure out if you have local seeds or not is just mm-hmm. to go into your local nursery. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they'll have a seed saver organization or locals coming in and yeah. potentially selling their seeds there. Going to farmers markets as well is a really yeah. good place to uh, seed local seeds um some mm-hmm. people even instead of selling you packets of seeds local people in farmers markets will actually sell you the seedlings mm. so i know there's a lady down in our farmers market that you know will start a bunch of seeds like cucumbers and squashes and tomatoes and all those things that we love mm. and it just takes away that uncertainty of will this seed come up or not you can just get the seedlings and they're still yeah. local yeah and if you if you're brand new to gardening, I would definitely recommend trialing out like a seed subscription like Whitbird Environmental yeah. has where Jeff puts together like a pack of different seeds that are tailored to that kind of um, the time in the year when you can plant them. And then you can just trial them out, see how you go if you're brand new to it. Um, yeah. Just trialing out different companies and seeing what works well because you will notice that different companies will have different amounts of seeds in your seed packet. So if yes. you are yeah, like more of a market gardener or you're growing a lot, you might find that some actually have limited seeds in the packet. Mm-hmm. Other companies will have a lot more. So just trialing it out and finding something that aligns with your ethics is mm-hmm. yeah, what I'd recommend. And that's why I've really loved Eden Seeds as well mm-hmm. as the Bigger Valley Seed Savers is that they're always really generous with how yeah. many seeds you actually get. And so you don't open up your packet and go, oh, like eight bits of corn yeah like that's all I can grow yeah (laughs) because they don't always like some seed companies don't advertise how many seeds Mm -hmm. are actually in there Eden Seeds is really transparent where it it says like there's 500 grams of seeds or there's 200 grams of seeds and you might not know how much that is but it comes out to quite a lot compared to like one gram yeah (laughs) you get two seeds yeah I mean I've never got two but no Unless you're like a more flower farmer and market gardener, there's definitely other places to get seeds that are more wholesale. I know I've, I'm going to try buying from, I think it's High Sun to get some flower seeds. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of other, and RP seeds, I think is another one um, that have sell them at a like larger quantity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just definitely do some research because there's so many seed companies out there rather than just the big ones and also Bunnings and getting them from there. The ones that have the most advertising money. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So going along with a garden and seeds, if you're planting lots of seeds and you're planting lots of different vegetables and fruits, you're going to have to learn to preserve because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to end up with a lot of food waste or trying to stuff yourself with food for a little while and then not having it into the future. So one thing that definitely is worth investing in as soon as you can, and this can be done in lots of different ways, is just preserving equipment and I don't mean like big pressure pots and water bath systems or anything like that all you really need is one big pot Mm-hmm. And this can be one that you use for stews and soups in your house um, and also lots and lots of glass jars. Yep. You can get them really cheap from op shops. Um, lots of people buy them. Like I know I buy them from uh, Big W. They mm-hmm. just have like simple jars that you can use for jams and things like that Mm -hmm. and you can easily save jars from peanut butter cans uh, sorry you can save Mm -hmm. peanut butter jars um and like tomato sauce and posada jars as well and just give them a really good clean Mm -hmm. and they seal up really nicely and easily as well so you're going to need a lot of that if you're going to have a big garden yeah yeah preserving was on my on my list as well of things i really um i like I think it's Ball, the company that mm-hmm. makes the one that I have, but I'm sure there's like other Mason ones. Jars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have like a, um, it's like a really large tong thing and it's got mm-hmm. like rubber on the bottom. Oh, yes. So it can grip onto the jars when you take it out of the water. And I found that 
is one tool that's really handy. Yeah. They're like $10 or so, yeah. um, but that's one that I've found is definitely useful. Yeah, I definitely mm. have one of those as well. And it's just yeah. safer as well. Yeah. The amount of times I've tried to use like a towel yeah. or something to grab the jars out and they just fall back down. Oh. And yeah. yeah, so just save yourself the trouble, get yourself something proper. Even mm. a funnel can be really useful yes. as well if you've yeah. got really like small rimmed mm-hmm. jars. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been good too. I mm-hmm. love preserving equipment. I love preserving. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely trying to get more into it. I really would like to find some good quality reusable plastic bags, like Ziploc mm-hmm. bags, which I do reuse the ones that we have, just like the sandwich bags, but I want like thicker ones that I yeah. can reuse. Well, um, actually, Aldi had these silicon ones that we okay. bought a couple of years back, and I think they bring them back every now and again in mm. like the middle aisle, which everyone loves to I have love a little look aisle. at. <laughs> I think yeah. it's very it's not often that I buy anything, but I just yeah. love looking at stuff. It's a wonderland in there sometimes. <laughs> sometimes there's some amazing stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like these silicon bags. Um, if you can invest in those every now and again when they're mm-hmm. on special somewhere, they're definitely worth it. And you can just keep like beans in them to freeze or like rhubarb, apple pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Freezing is a great way to preserve nice and easy. Yeah, definitely. I know you do a lot of freezing and we've talked yes. about it in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah, we freeze a lot. Um, our, our freezer is just full of tomatoes right now. So well, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah. While we're in the kitchen, um, I might as well bring up a few of my favorite kitchen gadgets that mm-hmm. um, because we do a lot of cooking. It goes hand mm. in hand with homesteading and gardening. Yeah. Um, and some of my go-to kitchen items are things like a really good quality chopping board and knives Mm -hmm. I know that's so simple but so many people have like Kmart knives and they're dull and they're trying to like cut through tomato and like putting Mm. so much force on it like there's more injuries that happen from dull crappy Mm -hmm. knives than Mm -hmm. from really nice sharp tools Sam has this like a cleaver Mm. I'm not sure the company that um, sells it I'll have to drop it in the links down below mm. but this beautiful cleaver it always stays sharp um, we've got a honer which is the way you can sharpen it and just a sharp knife slices through food so quickly and easily yeah. that you're never having to put all this force behind it that's going to chop your fingers off yeah um, you just got to be careful when you're cleaning it more yeah than anything yeah, I never knew what goes into making a good quality knife, but yeah. I watched a video um, of there's this guy and he goes, he's got all these different types of um, vans and cars and things. His name is Maverick. Mm-hmm. He's a big YouTuber. Um, and he went to Japan and made his own knife. Wow. And it was just like blending the two different types of metal in of the different areas of the knife. And then he sharpened it all. And it looked amazing and it kind of like brought back that appreciation of what is actually what goes into good quality products and how like, yeah, you do spend a lot of money, but they're really well handcrafted. Yeah. It's something that we, we don't have a lot of good quality knives and yeah trying to think whether we do or not but it's something on my list one yeah you only need one really good quality knife and you'll see that you just keep coming back to it like it's worth the investment yeah we'll definitely have to do that or i can just go to japan and make my own i know maybe one day (laughs) just getting to japan is expensive enough (laughs) yeah i'll have to make a sinking fund for that probably yeah no that would be amazing so i think our knife is made from damascus steel okay um Mm -hmm. which is really lightweight um it changes color with acids and things like it's Mm -hmm. really incredible so it's almost like the metal is still alive and there's something really special to that Mm -hmm. we do also have like a wok Mm -hmm. that is made from damascus steel as well which is really good to use um on open Mm -hmm. fire like Mm -hmm. if you take it camping but it's also really lightweight it heats up quickly it maintains the heat really fast and so when you're cooking with it it's really useful as well Mm. Um, and another thing that's really good for cooking um, all the homestead meals is cast iron. Mm. And I know you've talked before about wanting cast iron as well. Yeah. Um, it's something we've invested in, whether we've inherited it from family or we've just scoped out op shops until we found it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heavy. 
And I know that deters a lot of Mm -hmm. people, but that heaviness means that when it heats up in the oven or on the stovetop, it maintains that heat really Mm. well and actually allows you to have a deeper sear on your meat or on your vegetables. It allows you to therefore have more flavor because it's that, is it Maillard effect? I don't know, the browning (laughs) is all the flavor on your food. Mm. And um, the best thing about cast iron is that it lasts a really long time. Mm. It's really easy to clean. If you oil it and maintain it, it's really simple to clean Mm -hmm. because all you got to do is like wipe everything off and that's it. (laughs) So you don't use like dish soap on it? I mean, we do, do? but like compared to trying to like scrub like a normal pan or like a stainless the steel pin like the cast iron cleans up so quick and easy mm. um mm. and it's, it's quite easy to maintain like every now and again you just oil it and put it into a high heat oven mm-hmm. um and that just seals everything in so right. that it doesn't start to rust what kind of oil do you use just normal oil just, yeah. i think um a high heat oil so something okay. like a rice flour uh rice oil is what we have yeah. okay rice brain oil. yeah Hmm. Yeah, we'd like to get uh, cast iron. The only thing we've got like an electric stovetop and mm. it's that kind of like glass material, whatever it is. Uh, so we have to be really gentle if we use cast iron and so we don't really use it yeah. um, just because, I don't know, it's just so much easier to use it on a gas stove where you've got... Swap out your, your uh, cooktop. Well, I'd like to, but then we have to get gas and that's the whole thing. But um, eventually, whenever we do have our forever home, it's something that's a no-brainer. Like, we'll definitely have gas. Yeah. Uh, Particularly when you're living out in the country, it's just so much easier in case you do have a blackout Mm or um, power out. Yeah. Yeah. And it cooks more evenly. Like, you can control it a lot better so you don't end up, like, overcooking or undercooking your meals too. Yeah. Ending up with, like, soggy chips or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you want to far away with yeah. one of yours next? Um, well, I suppose it's kind of related to the kitchen and bringing stuff in from the garden, but I have uh, a, like a basket on my list. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend just have just get, going to the op shop and buying like at least two or three baskets. For harvesting, you For mean? harvesting, yeah. yeah. So different sizes to either bring in tomatoes or cucumbers, maybe not pumpkins, that's more for the wheelbarrow. <laughs> um, but the amount of times I've just been so annoyed because I've just been taking bowls out from the kitchen and then I fill it up because it's not large enough for all the veggies uh, and then it's just too difficult to take that in with my camera and everything else that I have outside. Uh, Just a basket is definitely an essential for me and I have two different sizes. One's a really kind of small one for like herbs and things and then I have a a larger one and I picked these up for only a few dollars from the op shop Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just a good old cane basket. It's yeah. definitely an essential for me. Certainly, definitely. Mm. Um, another thing for me is a deep freezer. Mm-hmm. So because we raise animals for meat, but even just freezing food like rhubarb and apples, as I've said earlier, even like lemon juice in ice cube trays. Mm. If you just use your normal freezer, you, you can make do with it for a while. But I mean, when you're doing larger scale meat production and food production, for yourself and your family, you really do need something a little bit larger with more space. Mm. I mean, at one point we had three deep mm-hmm. freezers. We've now cut back to two with one being smaller and one being larger. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we're reducing the amount of meat we have from our land at the moment. So um, we're not using it as much, but like when that's full mm-hmm. having that food security knowing that you've got a freezer full of food and you don't have to go to the shops for weeks yeah. and months if you don't want to is just game changing like that mm. there's nothing better than food security yeah definitely yeah it's a good one yeah um yeah another one i had on my list was cardboard oh i love it that's an essential for me for my garden i do mainly no dig garden beds and so i am taking all the cardboard we get from deliveries from friends from the tip i'll even go to the tip and try not to dive into the bin because i've had a few looks from the people (laughs) that work at the tip now um just ones that are just on the top but um yeah saving your cardboard even just like anything that like if you have a a wood burning fireplace or you like to have fires outside just keeping all of you know like your cardboard boxes from food or anything like that um, we save all of that and 
Uh, and it's just really, really useful for the garden because it allows me to expand my space mm -hmm. at also just at a um, rate that is sustainable for me as well because building garden beds is so much work it to is. establish garden beds. So if I can just do like a metre or two every time I save up some cardboard, pop it on the grass, I will sometimes broad fork the grass first, put the cardboard down, bit of worm castings, some grass clippings and mulch. Let that sit for a few months and then it's ready to plant in. It's so good, especially yeah. at this time of the year in autumn Definitely. and winter when your garden either has been overwhelmed with weeds or yeah. just needs a rest. Cardboard is a game changer. Yeah, and the grass is really, once you cut it back, it doesn't really grow too fast now. So it's yeah. great to lay the cardboard down now because it's just going to take less time to break down. All mm -hmm. the worms can do their thing and um, create more gardens. So. And the best thing about cardboard too is um, rain can still get through into yes. the garden. So you're not yeah. preventing, like if you put a tarp on, then mm -hmm. that space is going to be very dry. Yeah. Um, but the cardboard allows rain to still come in. This causes a lot of the grass seeds and the weeds to still germinate, but because yeah. they're not getting any light, they end up dying and that's mm. all feeding your garden. Yeah. It's like free compost. Exactly. exactly. Unless you do want to kill the grass sooner, then I do also have tarps that I use, yeah. but that's more for the flower farm, which is a larger area that just would take way too much cardboard. Mm -hmm. And I rotationally move them around uh, after I've um, worked the bed. And if I haven't got all the weeds out, I'll just pop the car, um, pop the tarp over, mm -hmm. let it sit for a few months, and then I can come through and broad fork it again. And it's just more organic matter that's been added into the soil from breaking down all of those weeds yeah, yeah so good um so i'm bringing us back over to talking about animals and meat production because i mean that's mainly been mm -hmm. our goal and the thing we've been working on so that's the best advice that i can give as far as equipment um so we raise our own meat chickens we've also raised our own pigs but when it comes to the meat chickens especially uh we're raising 50 sometimes 100 at a time and mm -hmm. we will continue doing that once we settle on land in the future and one of the best investments in equipment that we've made is a chicken plucker i know some people debate whether they need it or not whether they can just do it by hand mm -hmm. but honestly it took us plucking one rooster in the suburbs to realize that when we moved into the country and we were raising a lot more that a plucker was going to be mm -hmm. essential it gets the job done in 10 seconds mm. it's um, really effective really quick and when you already have a huge day ahead of you like it's it's very draining emotionally and physically that mm. just having equipment like that to make the job faster and easier it's super quick to clean. I think I got ours online from, I'm not even sure where, again, I'll, I'm terrible at remembering like brand names and things, but we got ours for maybe 600 or $700, which is again, a really big investment, but it, like the amount of time and energy that it saves is definitely worth it. Um, another thing that goes along with that Another thing that goes along with that is a massive pot. And we actually found ours, like it was really lucky. We were walking through um, our suburban streets in Victoria and we we have, what is it called when people get to throw out all their rubbish out on the land strip? Yeah. I hard know rubbish? It... Hard rubbish. I think that's yeah. what you call it. Okay. So during hard rubbish periods of time, people just throw out their junk and then a truck comes like after a week and picks it all up and mm -hmm. takes it into landfill. So mm -hmm. this is a really good opportunity just to like scout out the streets and find like gold mines. And while we were doing this one day, we found like, I guess the people must have had like a cafe or a restaurant that they had at one point. And so there was just like these massive... Mm -hmm. um pots and they were a little bit dirty but it's fine give it a clean <laughs> give it a really good scrub and they have been so so useful like mm -hmm. i don't even know where you will get those kinds of pots affordably anywhere around like i'm sure in They'd a restaurant so shop. yeah yeah and so that's definitely something we'll be tucking away with our friends and family because we know that we're going to need it you know for the future with um our chicken butcherings they've also been really good for making really big pots of like dog food or mm -hmm. like you know they're kitchen grade so you can yeah. use them for almost anything and mm -hmm. just having those big pots the chicken plucker 
just makes that day go faster, easier. You're not mm. having to refill a little pot with water to, um, you know, loosen the feathers on the chickens and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it's just mm. well worth it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, we're talking about pots. Going back to the garden. No, it's good. <laughs> um, just having a good variety of different pots and trays to start your seedlings. Mm. And I'm telling you now, don't go and buy these first. Have a look at your tip, local rubbish dump area. That's what a tip is if you're from elsewhere. That's what I call it. <laughs> it's um, not just great tips and tricks for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or go to Bunnings or a nursery and just ask them. Ask them nicely. Have you got some extra trays or pots that you can use? Because that's where I've got most of mine that I have got different tube stock, large, larger, really large trays for all of the flower farm. All of that came from the tip that they were, they have this area where you can like buy stuff that they save. They kind of like sift through all of the larger things mm -hmm. and have like a yard where you can buy them for really, really cheap. So that's where I got all of those from. And the trays, I just get them from the nursery. Every time I buy a plant, I see that they have a big stack of them there. And I'm just like, oh, can I just maybe have one of those to mm -hmm. take the plants? And they're more than happy to give them out. Yeah, because they get yeah. a lot of them themselves. Mm -hmm. So they're exactly. asking you to take them at some points. Yeah. Yeah, I don't take um, more than I need, obviously. But if you can just build up a selection that works for however you sow your seeds um, and then just have a little system yeah just I would definitely invest in that rather than buying them all unless you absolutely can't find them mm -hmm. then I would probably recommend going to like farm shops or landscaping companies or online where you can buy them uh, in bulk if you need them that many quantities just because they're a lot cheaper mm -hmm. as well yeah. yeah I know an alternative and I don't have this on my list but an alternative to pots and things is have you seen people use um I think they're called soil blockers yeah and so yeah. if you make up like a mm -hmm. wet mix of soil you just um put this tool into it mm -hmm. and it creates little uh, squares or cubes of um soil that then you put your plants into um I know yeah. that that was something that I really wanted to invest in but I just never got into creating seedlings. Like I just direct yeah. sow my seeds, but that could be a really good thing yeah. to look into as well. Yeah, I'd like to look into it. Um, yeah. I've just got to try and get like get the mix right because yeah. it's got like a little um, indent in the soil block that you can just put your seeds into and then you can sprinkle seeds over. But you do have to get the right mixture of making sure that it all stays together. Yeah. There's soil blockers and then I think there's this new one that's come out called a swift blocker. Mm that a lot of flower farmers and market gardeners are using and it's it's a similar kind of thing but it's a massive tray um, and then it's just got this big metal indent um i don't know thing oh, that like you almost press like a down. stamp like a cookie cutter where you put all mm -hmm. the soil in and then yeah and um, then it kind of falls out the bottom and so if you're looking at really large seed sowing that might be an investment i know they're pretty pricey but for a market garden or flower farm, they're probably worth it. I don't know if they're in Australia yet, but it's something that I'll definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely yeah. a good investment to make. Mm. I only have one more thing on my list um, and I'm bringing it back to food, it seems <laughs> like. <laughs> that's Those are just my go-to gadgets. Um, and this is a digital thermometer. At first, I was really skeptical when Sam was like, yep, I'm getting a digital thermometer. It's game changing. Like um, a friend of mine used it during a camping trip. And I was like, oh, my gosh, just another gadget. Like, yeah. why do we need it? We've got like those little metal thermometers to check food, whatever. Get it. You want to try it out? We'll give it a go. Mm. And now I'm a convert. Like, it is so useful. We do a lot of cooking. Um, slow meats. You can mm -hmm. poke it into the meat. You can put it into your oven to check the temperature of the oven. So if you're trying mm. to rise bread at the mm -hmm. right temperature or ferment, it's incredible. You can use it, you know, like in outdoor cooking, you can use it in the home. It's just, yeah, mm. I, I'm nice. honestly a convert. It sounds so simple and like something you might not need or you can do without, but mm. even for frying oil as well with making donuts or with yeah. making some of the food that I love to make, it just allows you to maintain temperature properly because mm -hmm. you can see it and it allows you to make the most use out of what you're cooking. Mm. 
yeah. Good idea. That's me. Mm-hmm. I only had one more that I thought of while we were chatting, and that was bringing it back to the garden, um, a knee pad. Ooh. I, like, thought that I, like, I bought it from Bunnings. It's just, like, a rubber kind of mat, um, and it's a few dollars from Bunnings, but you can get more fancy ones. And I thought, like, I'll just get it. If I use it, I use it, but I use it every day in the garden. Really? Yeah, just, like, your health and physical posture when you're planting like 100 seedlings at a time you get so sore and just like bending down every time you've got to plant a plant I would much rather bend down once and then just like scrounge down on the ground just rummaging around with my knee pad rather than getting up and down it sounds like it's not a big deal but it is and I'm so sore after the day um so I would much rather just be down there planting everything at once Um, and I have previously just done it on the, like, just had my knees on the ground. It really does wreck your pants. So I wouldn't (laughs) recommend. Um, Oh, that's why my pants have holes in them. I did wonder that. (laughs) Yeah. So particularly when you're wearing leggings, which I pretty much wear every day, I just would much prefer a knee pad. So yeah, that's my last essential slash recommendation (laughs) yeah I love that and hopefully that is what this list has kind of given you all Mm. it's just those go-to things that maybe you don't realize you need or that you know if you're trying to figure out do I want to go in this direction or this direction they're just those things that are tried Mm. and true by us that we stick by and some might sound really simple like buckets and baskets and knee pads but make such a huge difference when you're doing this long term and you're trying to make sure you're being sustainable for both your health and also you know your ability to keep going yeah definitely and enjoy it yeah I am probably not going to like myself later for saying this, but I will try and link a few of the things we've spoken about. Um, Yeah, just in case you're interested. But if there is anything that we've covered and I haven't linked, just send us a message Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram or you can leave a comment on the YouTube page. We do have a YouTube page if you're listening to this where we were physically filming ourselves in this beautiful background. Um, So you can also comment on there. We've also got a Buy Me A Coffee page Mm -hmm. if you want to support us financially, help us pay for all of the cups of yummy tea Mm -hmm. and fuel that we need to visit each other to produce these episodes. And the seeds to plant so we can talk about them in the Mm -hmm. future. Make content. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, We're really looking forward to getting back into it and getting you lots of really great conversations out there. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. time. Bye.